stay fly, stay fly. If you don't take it and you're getting and you get hit with a more potent version of this virus, which you just brought up, yeah. So like I was yeah, saying, it could be far more deadly if you avoid taking it. There's no record in history of anything coming from animals, from bats, from monkeys, from pigs. It seemed like it was impacting certain groups first. Yeah, so like I was saying. And now it seems like it's impacting. You're listening to the Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> hey, this is Ernie Thomas here on the Bold School Podcast. You're listening to Psycho Vaughner's Fly Guy Podcast. Support, like, subscribe, and share. He's saying some good things. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. All right. Peace, beloved. Peace, beloved. It's Seiko Vaughner, one of the Fly Guys, with my fly brethren, DJ Wright. And we're honored. We're honored to have with us on the show today, Brother T. West from Afrocentergy News. Um, so let me give a little context. DJ Wright is a COVID-19 survivor. He survived the coronavirus. Uh, he was in our prayers, our well wishes. Thank uh, he you, buddy. Like a champ, like the Hamptonian champ he is. And uh, we've done a series of live conversations about his experience and coronavirus. And today we're going to do something different. You asked the question, Jay, why are we dying the most? Yeah, and I mean, it, it's... Uh, as someone that got hit with it, I mean, it you know, it made me wonder, you know, is there a particular reason why I'm, I'm catching this uh, and why I'm getting hit so hard compared to other ethnic races and other cultures? Um, so we're going to explore that today. I did plan on having uh, some medical professionals on this uh, particular broadcast, but what we're going to do is we're going to record this segment. I'm going to share it with the other uh, medical professionals that have been extremely helpful throughout all the talk shows that we've been doing and get them to comment uh, later on future broadcasts. Excellent. That sounds great. Well, we're also honored to have Brother T. West from Afrocentergy News. And T. West has been doing a series of exposés on COVID-19, really since maybe February. Can we go back that far? Yes, definitely since uh, late February. Yes. Right, right. So he's been on the pulse of things since late February. So, Brother T. West, why do you think of Peace Clarence? Clarence Dunn. Uh, so we want to shout out the people. If you have any questions or comments, leave them in the chat, and T. West and uh, Jay and I will do our best to provide you with clarity, some information, or direction. So T. West, man, why do you think that people of African descent seem to be suffering in disproportionate rates here in the United States of America? Well, um, there are a number of reasons why. Uh, first and foremost is that we're dealing with a biological weapon, not something that was uh, that came out of nature through natural uh, evolutionary processes. This was uh, brought about through what in the biomedical industry uh, they call gain of function, where you have an animal virus that is taken into a laboratory 
and is uh, experimented on. It's mixed in with uh, human DNA, and I call it a Frankensteinian uh, virus, where they've given more potency to it. Uh, these things never, ever. There's no record in history of anything coming from animals, from bats, from monkeys, from pigs, uh, geese, you know, etc., chickens coming from an animal and then threatening a worldwide pandemic. There's nothing on record. It doesn't exist. That does not happen. Uh, this only started happening in the 1960s when um, in the biomedical um, area where they gained the ability of being able to uh, produce what we call retroviruses. And that is where you mix in uh, animal virus with human DNA and you create uh, viruses that have a great, great strong potency to it. And now we have the threat of a pandemic. And then, and not to mention, this was not the first time. Uh, HIV, AIDS, that was uh, also one of the first that was produced. You had the World Health Organization that was vaccinating men, women, and children in Central Africa. Millions of them contracted HIV from that. So anytime you weaken the immune system with something, uh, later on in the future, like right now, the future now being versus 1980s, you have enabled COVID-19 to more easily attack that group of people. Now, worldwide, because blacks were a primary target with HIV, worldwide, at least 80% or more of those who uh, were hit or struck by HIV, AIDS, were black. And this was largely due to uh, the World Health Organization. And then here in the United States, you, you also have the Center for Disease Control, National Institute of Health. You have that. And then in addition to that, you have uh, situations where uh, lots of African-Americans are already affected by uh, certain things, high blood pressure, uh, 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 various diabetes, things. Yeah. Diabetes, yeah. Etc. You have all of that, so uh, you are more easily attacked by pathogens such as SARS-2, and that's the that was the original name it was uh, coined under in 2015 when it was produced at a uh, biomedical lab at Chapel Hill uh, University in uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Not Wuhan, China, but right here in the United States of America. So those are some of the reasons why uh, it's, it's more easily targeted at African Americans in this country. I'll tell you, T. West, man, of course, I've been watching your channel for a while, and you come with receipts. But this seems just so far separated from what we're hearing on the news. And, and Jay, you're a survivor. Is this the type of information that people were sharing with you as you were? And when you, I'm sure you asked the question, why did this happen to me? 
Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't disagree with what he's saying. Um, I, I, I don't have the references or proof or medical background to tell whether it is engineered or not. I have talked to some folks who are in the medical profession, and they too believe that it is uh, medically engineered. Uh, not all, I would say, it's probably 50-50 that, it, that it's medically engineered. I do want to share some insight on just my personal experiences, why I think some people of color, and I'm not just limiting to limiting it to just us, but just any person of, of color, uh, Latinos, Blacks. Um, I just got a job at a major delivery company uh, this past weekend. And, you know, my first day on the job, I noticed that I don't look like about, by my rough estimate, about 80-90% of the folks that were working there were folks of color. Now, obviously, obviously, when you work for a delivery company, you're dealing with a lot of packages. And a lot of those packages are, oh, I hear what you're saying, but it has nothing to do with mainstream media. I'm talking about my own personal, uh, my own personal experience, okay? So a lot of these packages are handled by a lot of different hands. So it would behoove me to think in that particular scenario, it's, I don't think it was necessarily a conspiracy to hire people of color for this job. It's just the way that it is. In this one scenario, a lot of people of color had their different hands on different packages. We were wearing uh, safety gear, uh, the masks and whatnot. But in that scenario, it's quite easy for many people of color to catch the virus. Also, your living conditions could have something to do with it. And I'm not dispelling anything that he's saying. I'm just saying that in certain economic scenarios, like if you live in a house, like I live by myself, but if I lived in a house and I had to live with more people, that increases more chances for you to be exposed, you know, to the virus. Now, is somebody, you know, driving through the neighborhood perhaps and and spreading the virus? I, I can't say one way or the other. But I do feel that because of underlying health conditions, that it did hit me harder than it did uh, other folks of other race. Interesting. Yeah. And you know, you know, uh, Hispanics here in America, Hispanics, and you know, Hispanic can be of any ethnicity and color, but primarily right. you're not black, primarily in America. Now, but they live together far more than African-Americans, but their rate uh, in uh, proportion to their percentage of population is not as adversely affected as African-Americans. So, uh, uh, but uh, uh, Jay, you're correct about, you know, proximity, who you're around, all of that, because, you know, like any influenza, anything that you can catch through the air, you know, you're going to get it you can potentially get it or contract it when you're in uh, close vicinity with other people. But if we looked at Hispanics versus African-Americans, you know, very often they will live, many of them, in a house together. Now, not all Hispanics live that way, but a lot of them will, will do much more than African-Americans. And also uh, various types of jobs. Uh, Meatpacking jobs across the country. You see a lot of Hispanics there. You see some African Americans, but you see a lot of Hispanics. And in meatpacking jobs, this is just one example. 
you're working in close uh, proximity to each other. So, right. uh, and the closer you are with this influenza, with this um, uh, COVID-19, the more easy it is for you to become uh, infected. But I just wanted to make that comparison right there because when you start looking for answers and you start asking the questions why, you have to exhaust every possibility out there. I agree. So the fact that we know that it, okay, so the, the going with your, uh, uh, I guess, theory in this, in this case uh, and, and your research, you know, the fact that we know that it is uh, engineered based on your ex- experience and which question is, is there a different approach as, you know, compared to it being um, coming from nature? Is there is there any different approach that we should look at? Well, um, I think if I understand your question correctly, it is, is there, okay, we got two uh, schools of thought as to how it came to be. Yeah. One of them is, uh, is zoonotic, meaning that it jumped from animal to humans. That's one. Number two is that it's a bioweapon that was created in a laboratory. Okay? Well, I guess you could say that there's a number three also, maybe. Uh, you could say, well, it was accidentally produced in a laboratory. That theory's out there. That's out there. But uh, when you look at the 2015 report from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that uh, program that was under Dr. Barrick there, they actually created, they manufactured SARS-2 that has the same characteristics of what we now have redubbed, rebranded as COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2. Dash two, okay. Uh-huh. It's the same thing. The characteristics two. Here they are. The first characteristic is that it kills. Okay, it kills people. That's yep. the first. The second characteristic is that it spreads from person to person. Okay, so that means that it's doing the same thing as this COVID nineteen is doing right now. It was doing it, and they stated it in two thousand fifteen in that Chapel Hill uh, article in North Carolina. So uh, I hope I understood your question correctly there, Jay. Well, basically, I would just to summarize it, do you think there should be a different approach, whether it's man-made or not man-made? I mean, it's here now. We got to deal with it. Does it make a difference whether it's man-made or not man-made? Yes, there there should be a different approach from the standpoint if it's uh, if it's been created by humans, there should be one different approach. You should go after the ones who are behind it. Okay? That's- How do you do that? I mean, there have been so many conspiracies from 9-11 to everything, and let's just take 9-11 for example. We, we were of the understanding that that was a conspiracy in a lot of ways. Those people, whoever was involved with, with it, you know, how do we go after them? I mean, do we send them our, our medical bills? I'm just, I'm just, you know, kind of playing devil, devil's advocate here. And that's good. That's good. Well, first of all, first of all, this is a 
competition for the hearts and minds of the people. So if mainstream media is projecting, for example, you mentioned a 9-11 attack. Yeah. You, if mainstream media is projecting and uh, uh, saying, and their narration was that uh, this was an attack that was carried out by Osama bin Laden, who's hiding out in a cave over in Afghanistan. Uh, and when he learned about it, he was surprised. Okay. But that's the narrative that Osama bin Laden did it. He was behind it. Um, however, when you start looking at it and you start educating the people, the listeners, on another way of looking at it, for example, mainstream media will not come out and say and really ask the question with 9-11, why didn't building them, why did building number seven of the trade towers, that 47-story mm-hmm. building? Why did that building come concord, uh, uh, come crashing down like a pancake? Just crashing down like this. Why? No plane struck it. Okay? And we know in demolition that you cannot bring a building down like that unless you have prepared for that type of demolition for weeks, if not months. Okay? So, there's an example with the 9-11. So you, you're competing with mainstream media. Mainstream media narrative is that this was done by some man with a long beard hiding out in a cave in Afghanistan, killing 3,000 Americans. Okay? Now, so you can attack it from that standpoint. Now, when you start looking at it from that standpoint, then it moves from a theory to, wait a minute, let's look at the facts. Let's ask questions about the facts, okay? With 9-11, that building should not have come down. That third plane that was taken down in Pennsylvania was the third plane that was supposed to have hit that building number seven, that tower, but it never made it to that tower because it was was brought down by the passengers. So now let's bring it back to this uh, uh, SARS-2, this coronavirus. Okay. When you look at what mainstream media is saying. Mainstream media is not saying that this was and this is a bioweapon. Mainstream media is not saying that this was produced in a laboratory okay and and then targeted at humans. Mainstream media is not saying that. So those of us who are saying this we then have to come with the facts. And one question would be when have it been proven that any virus, you can talk about any virus in history, swine flu, any of them, when has it ever been shown that a virus jumped from a pig? They produced that pig and they produced that human that that virus jumped from. In other words, the two culprits, the human and the animal, they've never produced it. It's only theory. None of it is fact. It's not science. It's quackery. Okay? They haven't proven it. But they have proven that they can manufacture it in a laboratory. That's been proven. So science says okay. you have to look at facts. Okay? And when it when when if you have something that you're calling science, when that is superseded by something else that disproves it, 
that which was science yesterday is no longer science because it has been replaced okay. by a more perfect model. Okay, interesting. <laughs> All right, so well, that leads us to the question uh, if it was manufactured or if it, you know, actually stemmed from animals first. At the very beginning of this pandemic, before it was even called a pandemic, it seemed like it was impacting certain groups first. And now it seems like it's impacting other groups. Am I wrong? Or or, or were the numbers wrong? Or was the reporting wrong? It just seems to me, based on what I've seen in the news, it started off impacting one group or two groups. And now it's impacting us in larger numbers that impacted the other groups. It always did impact you. It's see, see what what you're what you're basing uh, that uh, information on is what media wrote, what media mainstream media said. Okay, and then as time goes on, you begin to see the more accurate picture. It always was affecting African Americans here in the United States. Always was. Uh, I did a program about. Uh, how in 2019 this was spreading in America, this coronavirus it was spreading in America Uh, you had people in the Seattle area who had it okay, and it showed in a test that they had been conducting where they were taking samples of people with influenza for a year in 2019 in Seattle area And some of those people, when they went back and looked at it, some of those people, they had the coronavirus. So it was already affecting Americans, regardless of your color. And it definitely was affecting blacks more. It was affecting Americans here in America before it was announced in Wuhan, China. Now, what the Center for Control and FDA did in 2019, they started blaming some of those deaths with the same lung condition that's being caught that coronavirus is causing in people they blamed it on vaping e-cigarettes but the United States was the only government in the world that said that in 2019 no other government said anything about e-cigarettes and vaping and it creating that situation with your lungs Look where it looks like your lung had been uh, 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 just hit with a bunch of small miniature grenades no one no other nation has said that only here in the United States but they blamed it CDC and FDA Food and Drug Administration blamed it on vaping here in the United States so it was already happening right here in the United States it was already affecting various groups of people here in the United States but you know the old saying the old saying when white folks get a cold black folks get pneumonia Okay, especially those blacks who are not taking care of themselves. Okay, yeah. well, well, you know, too. Yeah, you brought up you brought up a, a, a good point. You're right. Now, uh, one thing that you know, a lot of uh, folks of influence, uh, rappers and whatnot, early on in this pandemic, were basically sharing that we were immune to this. Now, these people are social influencers, and people 
um, are listening to these social influencers, I'm not going to name any specific names. We know the shopping list of folks who are saying that. Do you think that could have led to this increase and in, in are people catching it? Also, uh, I'm speaking third person uh, from another nurse who has been working in uh, Brooklyn, one of the hardest hit areas. And she said, um, and I'm paraphrasing her, but basically quoting her, uh, you know, that unfortunately what she was finding that people, our people, were not listening. Uh, Blacks and Latinos were not listening to the social distancing guidelines. We were still having parties, still going to visit our relatives. Um, I can speak personally from my experience with, uh, you know, my mother and my family. I've stayed completely clear of my family. They're about 45 minutes north of me in Rockland County. And, you know, because I, A, knew I had it, and also, B, I knew that I could uh, possibly uh, spread the disease to my mother, who's older, elderly, and also uh, my sister, who has young kids. Now, even then, up there, I was finding, uh, you know, checking in with my mom and family that they weren't really properly social distancing. Now, the kids weren't coming into her house, but I mean, she, she's about 80 years old, and she had uh, the younger kids coming by and dropping off stuff. Now, obviously, if it's something pertinent, fine, but it was things that I, I kind of considered as not essential materials and just more so her wanting to have some company, which is nice, but still just as dangerous. But I, I guess I'm just kind of throwing you a long question there, but what are your thoughts on that and how that might have impacted the spread between us? Well, uh, your behavior affects you. Even before coronavirus, your behavior affects you. I mean, there are certain things, you know, before there was HIV AIDS, you know, of course you had gonorrhea, syphilis, and you had other sexually transmitted diseases. Now, if, if you're a man and, hey, you were willing to go out there and uh, 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 play Russian roulette, you know, sex it up, uh, <laughs> protection, and even sometimes the protection can fail, Okay, if you were willing to do that, then you know you're taking chances. So, so in a situation like that, uh, the odds of you catching uh, a venereal disease it goes up. Okay, the same thing with coronavirus. If um, you're running around with individuals who uh, might have a high infection rate with uh, coronavirus, you know the odds will go up that you're going to become infected. It was not a, just a situation with, with African-Americans. You had the same thing with other groups. You had white folks on the beach. They're in Florida. You know, they're out there in the thousands. You know, you, you they know about coronavirus, but it's like, no, no, we want to have a good time on the beach. We want to party. Okay. All right. So, so you have that. So you have to be cognizant of your own personal behavior uh, for your own safety and also for the safety of other people. But at the same time, and I want to stress this, there's also a lots of hype happening with this, okay? It's a very okay. serious matter, but it is, there's also an inflating of the numbers in certain locales in the United States. You have that going on also. So that's why it's important to have uh, the maximum amount of information that you uh, 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 can get about this because it was planned. 
this was planned. You know, uh, what did Fauci say in 2017? Anthony Deep Deep State Fauci, he said, there will be a surprise plant pandi- pandemic mm-hmm. in this administration. He said it. That's just a fact. So he knew. More than Fauci knew this. You had Bill Ryan 10 years ago. China, we're going to give China a cold. We're going to give them influenza. We're going to give them uh, the coronavirus. That's what we're going to do. So these things, so your behavior, it really, it really, really matters. And and this thing, this thing, this killer, it really does, it really don't care what age you are. I mean, every day you're finding almost every almost every week, I should say, you're finding out something new about this, about how it's affecting children. Okay? About how it's affecting middle-aged people. Not just older people. Some older people, my, my mother is 93. So, but some older people, they'll walk right through it like, hey, nothing, hey, it's nothing. Okay? They'll they'll just continue to go. But yeah. other people, it'll knock them on their backs. It, it'll, it'll kill them. Yeah, and I, I think the, the fact that this virus varies, the outcome varies so much from mild to severe to deadly, I, I, I think that people take on the virus, how, how seriously they take the virus depends on how seriously it hits them. If they just get a little cough, they don't take it seriously. Um, and it's unfortunate because this is sort of a, a disease that... The success or, or or failure of this disease is really predicated on how tight a community we are, you know? And I'm just going to give you one example. This is from uh, one of the nurses that I plan on having on, on a future broadcast. She basically set up um, a donor uh, plasma. Well, uh, she's part of a donor plasma uh, facility where basically people that have survived the coronavirus, like myself, and I'm, I'm going to participate in it. I'm just waiting on a call back. I got... I got screened, I got accepted, and I'm waiting for the call back. But um, she was sharing that she had 5,000 applicants, and this was a couple of weeks ago, so it's probably even higher now, of people, and it's open to folks of all races, where they can donate their blood, their plasma, and that plasma can be donated to someone who's being hit harder. She said of those 5,000 applicants, zero, zero were African-American or people of color. And this is a situation where, you know, I I get that it's, you know, if it's man-made, it's a conspiracy, they're trying to kill us. I get that. But we as a community have to do things to turn it around. Now, I'm not going to mandate that somebody has to, you know, donate their plasma. You can do that if you want or if you want to. But I can tell you, as hard as that thing hit me and how I, I know how bad, I didn't have to go to a hospital, but I know how hard it hit me. I felt it was only right for me to do my part as an African-American, as a human, to donate my plasma if it could possibly help someone who's on an inhaler, you know, stuck in the, on that hospital bed at death's door. And it was disheartening to me that to find out that out of 5,000 applicants, zero were folks of color. And so my point is, it's great to, to point out the uh, 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 the travesty of this thing possibly being manufactured. I'm gonna, you know, leave that open for everybody else's interpretation. But the fact that we're not helping each other, 
I think that's even worse. Why do you, uh, Jay, why do you think it is that out of the 5,000 that no African-Americans donated their, those who have recovered, let's say recovered uh, from this coronavirus, why do you think it is that most of these, none of these African-Americans donated their blood plasma? Probably because they're afraid of being experimented on and so on and so forth. But, you know, I'm willing to take that risk, you know, Um, and I guess another thing we could get into is, is, I guess, you know, vaccines. Now, I take it, T. West, you you have not caught the coronavirus. You stayed corona free thus far, which is is a blessing. No, right. That's right. No, I haven't. I'm corona free. Uh, All right. I definitely haven't caught the coronavirus. That's Uh, great. Now, so but. We have to, we can't ignore, and I'm sure you're not ignoring this, uh, but for the listeners out there, we cannot ignore the fact and the reality that there is a very, very long history in this country, and even outside of this country, of medical apartheid being deployed and used against blacks in this country. You know, I mean, we can go, we can list a lot of them. Of course, everybody knows, at least most people know, about the Tuskegee experiment. They know about these things. Uh, yeah, so, I'm familiar with that, yeah. Yeah, so these things do not engender trust among African Americans. Uh, you know, anytime you have a situation uh, where I mentioned in the beginning of this program where the World Health Organization, through a syringe, vaccinated men, women, and children in Africa, literally infecting, causing infection of millions of people with HIV AIDS. In Africa. And then they lied about it. They never came clean about that. All right. And right now you have the World Health Organization who is now kind of slapping the nation of Madagascar around a little bit because of a natural cure. Okay. I just have to comment on it. Regina, I respect your opinion. And, you know, I don't know the color or the race or the creed of the person if I donate my plasma, but. If I donate my plasma and it helps another person, a person of color, that's great. I mean, obviously, once they take my plasma, I can't, I can't uh, uh, dictate who it, who it's given to. But I'm thinking, if I can save one person, person of color or otherwise, who's come down with the coronavirus, I'm willing to take that risk. And I guess Seiko, if if I if I don't make it back from making that donation. Uh, please run this show and send it to my lawyer so I can get the lawsuits up and running. But I'm can willing- I get your turntable? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll get. No, I'm just playing. But anyway, no. But I, I, I mean, I'm willing to, 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 you know, whether it's a like she's saying, devil or not. I, I feel compelled. Like I made it, you know. And now that I've made it on the other side, she's going, no, no, no. Well, you know, I've already I've already been screened, but I, it's, it's, I'm not really trying to. If I can save one life, I think God will smile on me making that uh, uh, making that sacrifice. Um, I guess the, the the other thing. I well, if you if you have something else you want to add, but I do have a follow up question. Yeah, and, and Jay, that's great. That I mean, I mean, that's good. I understand. I understand. You know, uh, when you recovered from something, you're feeling good about it because hey, it had you on your back. You know, I understand. However, let me play devil's advocate here for a moment, okay? Now, they get your blood plasma. You're a black man. Yeah. They get your blood, blood plasma. One thing that they found out about Henrietta Lacks was that her cells never die. Okay, black woman, first time ever. 
Yeah, I saw that. Well, there will be multiple. (laughs) That was an excellent, excellent HBO special uh, that they did, uh, that Oprah did. But yeah, okay, go ahead. Okay, now, 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 what I'm saying about that is this: is that they look at black folks up, down, all around. They're looking at your genetics, your genome. And for over 15 years, well, actually about 20 years now, if not a little more, uh, certain nations have been able to produce ethnic-specific, or what some people call race-specific, weapons that hone in on certain genetic characteristics that are unique to a certain ethnic group. Let's say African-Americans. Okay? Now, when they get Let's say I'm playing devil, devil's advocate here now. That's All right, hard. now I'm, I'm the, good, the good part of it. You know, if I can save one person's life, that's great. But what if your blood can also make it possible for those who are behind this, uh, these bioweapons and all in these laboratories, for them to circumvent those of you who recover? Okay. Let's see, these are the blood antibodies. These are the the, the uh, uh, chemical uh, uh, context or characteristics of Jay's blood. Okay? Now, let's see what SARS-3. Let's modify SARS-2 yeah. to become SARS-3. They could so, that, it. so that it can now, uh, Jay will not recover. Okay? Jay will, everybody like Jay of Jay's uh, genotype will die. Okay, so there are dual purposes. Yeah, and you, and you know what? To to cosign what you're saying, I mean, prior to this, uh, cosign. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you what you were saying? I mean, I, I had you know uh, the, you know I was toying with the idea at one point of you know giving my. DNA to like all these ancestry.com and all this other stuff that I, I kind of like I I was like you know what they might be doing something kind of funky with my DNA so I kind of opted out of it you know so I I, I see your point and then I, there's the there's the human part of it I mean I, you know I, I, I get what I get what you're saying all I'm just saying is I, is I get what you're saying um to okay. Okay. Uh, now, uh, let me ask one more question sort of a follow up question okay so Let's talk about vaccine. Let's talk about vaccine. Okay. Um, right now, you know, I am thinking about uh, these future uh, renditions of this virus, you know, and I do have several members in my family that are dead set against, you know, vaccine, you know. Um, are you, are, what's your stance on vaccine? You know, my, my stance right now is, Knowing how hard this thing can hit you, I know there's some risk, and I'm sure you're going to lay them out. But if you don't take it, and you're getting, and you get hit with a more potent version of this virus, which you just brought up, it could be far more deadly if you avoid taking it than taking the risk of taking it. But you know, this, I, I'm just laying it out there. I really, I'm, I'm very open-minded. I'm really not on one side of the fence or the other, but I just want to see what your take on vaccines is. Well, that's a good question. Um, the first thing, when you are, um, when you're encumbered with such a question, personally, uh-huh. the first thing that 
you should look at, you should do a little research and you should look at history. Okay? You should do a little study and a history on vaccines. Vaccines overall. Vaccines in black countries. Black vaccines. Okay? And then that should help you come to a decision. As I said, there were millions of Africans who were infected with HIV from a syringe, a vaccine, okay? There was never any real compensation for all of that. They maintained the lie that you Africans, you all got it. And now you also got to talk about African-Americans because in Washington, D.C., and in Atlanta, Georgia, and in many cities across America, African-Americans have it at uh, just as high and sometimes a higher rate than Africans in African uh, African countries. Okay? Now, uh, some African-Americans, y'all don't want me to say that. You don't want me to say it, but that's okay. I don't care. I don't give a damn. Because <laughs> when I said it in 1990, when I said it then, y'all didn't like it. And then it started killing even more of y'all because y'all did not deal with the reality of it being a bioweapon, okay? So when you have organizations that have in the past wanted you erased, wanted you to disappear, but they wanted it to look like it was by some natural causing phenomena or by your own behavior, when you have Malthusians, followers of Robert Malthus, followers of Margaret Sanger, you know, such as Bill Gates Sr. and his son, Bill Gates, and others, when you have a situation like that, when you look at the history of all these things, the Tuskegee experiment, uh-huh. they did not really apologize for that because after some of these doctors with the National Institute of Health got through... Carrying out the same thing upon uh, Guatemalan women. Okay? So, when you cannot bring the culprits to justice, they will continually do what they're doing. And they will get worse and worse and worse. Okay? So, when we aid them, if we aid them, if we assist them, then we're not doing ourselves a favor. So a vaccination? No, personally, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, no, no, I don't need a vaccination. My grandmother lived to be 105, had 23 children, and she was never running to a doctor for a, a vaccination. Okay, that's my grandmother. Okay. Okay. At, so, at, okay. As ser- just, just one footnote. I- as as hard as this thing can hit people, um, it, it it would you know on one side you're presenting the fact that yeah we we could be lab rats on somebody's table if we receive this vaccination. On the other side, if this vaccination, I mean if if you go without the vaccination, I'm thinking about my loved ones who, who are probably not going to do it. You know. If they get hit with a second, third generation version of this virus, it's going to take them out, probably. 
If it's if it's stronger than this, and this one was seriously trying to kill me. I never I was never I was never sick of any virus and was afraid to go to sleep, thinking I wouldn't wake back up. So if you're getting I actually sent my sister, who's a nurse down in Virginia, my home address, just in case I didn't wake up. I wanted somebody to come get me or some medical attention to come my way. That's how hard this thing hit me. So I guess what I'm it's, it's just a, all I'm saying is it's a serious catch 22 on one side. You could be a lab rat on the other side. You skip it and Corona 2020, 21, 22 hits you. It's not something that you can necessarily skip. So I'm just going to say it's a, it's a serious catch 22 situation we're in. Let me ask you a question, Jay. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, did, did you ever have a flu vaccine? Occasionally, yes, but most of the time I try to avoid taking it. Most of the time I avoid taking it. I've never, oh, thank you. I've never in my life taken a flu vaccine. Yeah. What I said in February when I first started talking about coronavirus, what I said was this. I said, they're not going to do this study, but they should do this study. All of those that they designate as having coronavirus or dying of COVID-19. How many of them had a flu vaccine? Okay. Now, I'm asking you, uh, I'm bringing that up because uh, you mentioned in the future, let's say on down in the future, uh, 10 years from now. Those maybe, who maybe, not, maybe not even uh, 10 years from now. I'm talking about after the first vaccines come out and yeah. it's, it's going to mutate. It's going to mutate immediately. You know? Okay. And, right. and also, it seems to have mutated up to 30 times. You know, like you said, this, if this thing is a bioweapon, it, it is doing its work. It mutated 30 times, uh, up to 30 times, without being introduced to anything to fight it. So this thing is going to super mutate once it actually gets introduced to a vaccine. All I'm saying is I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a huge catch-22 because, like, you're bringing up the flu, and, and that's probably a good study to see if there's a connection between the flu virus and, and, and the coronavirus. But by the way, this is not the flu virus. Not the flu virus, the flu vaccine. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, the flu the flu vaccine. Right, the vaccine for the flu, right. Yes, yes, yeah. Now, now I, my hypothesis is that there is a correlation my hypothesis is you will find more people who had a flu vaccine in the past than more of those than who did not have a flu vaccine more of those people who had the flu vaccine are getting the coronavirus than those who did not have the flu vaccine you know, okay. one thing, another study I'd like to see is if there's a correlation between those who are heavy drinkers and the and the COVID vaccine. You know, because um, you know, mention it. Yeah, mention it. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, you know, everybody, like I said, have a, has a different take on it. But you know, if if judging by the uh, 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 studies and the research shows right now, as far as like the the virus incubating in your body for you know, anywhere, anywhere from a few days up to 14 days before you actually start feeling symptoms. All I'm saying is that in my case, it was a very stark difference because I had stopped drinking for about six or seven months. But so if I had the virus in my body for five or six days or what have you, I really didn't start getting hit with the virus really hard until 
one night that I, I slipped up and I had some drinks. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you've heard any research about that, uh, T. West or, or Seiko, but I really do feel like, you know, there's a correlation between either drinking or at least at the very least your body being dehydrated. And the fact that this this virus dehydrates the hell out of you. OK, it wants well, dehydrated. If, yeah. If it's heavy drinking, so, we all know that heavy drinking can cause uh, sclerosis of the liver. Mm-hmm. We know that now uh, with the lungs, I, you know, you know, I mean, I, I don't know the effects of uh, heavy drinking with the lungs, okay? Because this uh, primarily, at least the early uh, studies, was that it attacks the lungs. Okay, now they're discovering that it attacks more than the lungs in a lot of people. It's attacking right. heart. It's attacking the blood. It, it, it's attacking different things. Yeah, it's attacking. So, your it's attacking everything. Yeah. Yeah. Which, right. Which, right. Right. That's why I call it a Frankensteinian bioweapon. Mm-hmm. That, as the Indians in India found, the Chinese have now concluded this also. That when they uh, 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 genetically sequenced this coronavirus, the SARS two, they found traces of HIV and traces of Ebola in it. Mm. Okay. All right. So that's why I call it a Frankensteinian bioweapon. It has all these crazy characteristics of all that other of, of bioweaponry that has been produced in laboratories in the past. And they put it in and made it like aerosol it. In other words, it can spread through the air. And that was that was a, a, a psychopathic serial killer. That was their ideal weapon 30 years ago. They said, what if HIV AIDS can be spread through the air? Oh, boy, we would really, we would really be moving quicker towards our goal. Okay. All right, so t that, yeah. that begs the question. That begs the question. What's your background, man? <laughs> what's, your, what's your, like, do you have a background in warfare? My background uh, as a professional I'm retired now, but my background came from uh, information technology in the IT industry. Okay, but even there, you know, even with that, I do a lot of things. I, you know, music. I do a lot of things. Anything I want to do, I put my mind to. I, I do. I do. I do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, but that was my professional background. Was in that area. Okay. So, but I've always been a writer. I've always uh, been a teacher. I've always done that. Always. Okay. I, I guess you have such a wealth of knowledge or a wealth of opinion, a wealth of facts, whatever you want to call it, that kind of points to maybe a background in the, the defense industry or something like that. that. That's the reason I asked that question. Um, I, we've I, Well, first of all, let me tell you this. You're watching the Fly Guys show. You can't hear me? Okay. You're watching no, the Fly Guys show. It's a series of melanated conversations. It's a series of melanated conversations focused on improving our situation. Tonight's conversation is why are we dying the most in response to the COVID-19 situation? Why are we dying the most? I want to take the last 10 minutes that we have. And Jay, I know that you have some really strong opinions on things that can help people. Uh, And and T-Well, I want to get some of your opinions on things that can help people. 
you know so you know Jay you mentioned that uh, that the disease really dehydrates you now, yeah. so T West do you think and I want to go from T West to Jay do you think that the the diet maybe that people of African descent here in America the quote unquote black people eat primarily which isn't it, the healthiest of diets has been one of the factors that led us to having a higher disproportionate amount of struggling with this what do you think T. West? Oh, oh definitely uh, you know what goes in your body has uh, direct uh, impact on how healthy you're going to be That's that was long before this coronavirus uh, came about uh, if you don't eat healthy uh, you know your body is not going to be as strong even if you come from a, a strong genetic line uh, your body is not going to be as strong you know you need to eat uh, sufficient vegetables okay not just meat okay mix that throw your meat in with the vegetables eat a lot of vegetables off you need to do that so uh, uh, it's, it's important to do that you know uh, don't be eating out all the time okay because you don't know what other people put into the food. You don't know. Sometimes they put too much of this, too much salt or whatever in the food. So you need to you need to cook at home more often. Okay? You need to do that instead of, you know, we this is these generations, last few generations have been a, a quick, quickie generation. They're fast. They want to do things quickly and fast. Okay? And uh, sometimes it kills a lot of people early. It sends a lot of people to an early grave because they don't slow down to think that you only have one body. Only one body. And once you lose this body, you're not going to get another one. I mean, even even uh, 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 Rockefeller, David Rockefeller discovered that after getting five hearts from other people, he finally died. Okay, you only got one body. And money can't buy you everything. Yeah. Intriguing, intriguing. Jay, DJ Wright, look, brother. You survived COVID-19 And I'm so thankful I was praying for you Pouring libation You know I was doing everything bro I was like I need this brother to live We gotta live Can I live? Like uh, yeah Yeah. So What are some of the things that you've done Or that you did While struggling through this Um, Because maybe we can start doing more of that Now So back to you well, um, the connection uh, that I was making earlier with, with T. West about um, alcohol and, and the coronavirus, and this is just my humble opinion, is that, you know, the virus is a respiratory disease primarily. It does affect a lot a lot more, as you can see, it's affecting kids with this uh, Kawasaki disease, I believe. Is that what it's called? The Kawasaki disease the kids are catching? But anyway, the main thing is to just remain hydrated. And if you can lay off the alcohol, I know for those people that are quarantined, you want to have a little drink, a little libation to take the edge off and stuff like that. But I was drinking close to about a gallon of water a day. And I was actually doing this beforehand. Uh, and I do think that that helps keep the phlegm in your chest, which wants to turn green and yellow and turn into pneumonia with this virus. I do believe that hydrating uh, with as much as of a gallon as you could take a day, uh, you know, uh, to help uh, uh, keep your phlegm clear in your chest. And also keep it clear. Once it starts turning yellow and green, then you're probably going to be in trouble. And I was able to uh, use that simple practice, and it helped keep me out of the out of the hospital. You'd be amazed at how much this can help. Uh, unfortunately, you know, with us when we get sick, uh, and if we don't have full medical coverage, which could be another reason we didn't really touch on that, 
it, you know, we, we tend to turn to alcohol to, to fight, uh, 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 you know, it's poor man's medicine, so to speak. We want to hit that liquor cabinet. So like I said, please lay off of it because this coronavirus actually uh, loves a dehydrated body. The other thing is, uh, yeah, and I agree, we don't work out, eat healthy, so that's good. You're a gym rat. Thank you, Regina. That, that's good. A lot of people, we need to get back into exercising and stuff like that. Social distancing and exercising. Finally, uh, this neti pot really did uh, uh, help me out greatly. Uh, you don't have to use this whole thing. You can use a little bit of it. You just pour it in your nose, left and right nostril, a little bit. This would last me about two or three days. Or you could just go to CVS, Walgreens, or any uh, Dwayne Reed, whatever's near your house, and just get a nasal rinse, and that helps. And finally, the last thing is steaming. Uh, huge thing, the virus dies at 77 degrees. So what I was doing was I was taking a pot, I'm using this cup as an example, put a towel over my head, drape my uh, towel over the over the edge of the uh, pot or cup, and then I just inhaled it after boiling the water, you know, as hot as I could get it and inhaling it through your nostrils and into your lungs. All of that, I believe, helps mm-hmm. keep me out of the hospital. What is, I know you've dealt with some medical professionals since you've recovered from COVID. Yeah. Did they give any credence to the strategies that you just talked about employing? Well, yeah, my, my sister has been using uh, the neti pot or nasal rinse procedure for 29 years with her kids. Uh, and right. anytime she felt like her kids were getting sick, she would say, get that nasal rinse. And the nasal rinse, you could buy like a little, little spray, spray it into your nose or whatever. And I mean, the bottom line is, and, and this is something that I just will keep repeating until I drop, is if they're telling you to wash your hands because you're going to touch your nose, why isn't the mainstream media telling you to rinse your nose? Why? It doesn't make any sense. That's where the virus wants to get. It's harmless on your hands. It kills you if it can get into your nose. And for those people that aren't having severe symptoms, please, for the sake of others, your other brothers and sisters, take it seriously. Just because it hits you mildly doesn't mean that, you know, it's uh, it's uh, going to hit everybody else just the same. And finally, I mean, I, I am, I, and I'll keep everybody abreast. You know, if you hear me disappearing, or if you see, you know, anything, I'm, I'm at, oh yeah, black seed oil, I have that as well. Uh, I use that on the on on the back end. I hadn't I didn't I wasn't up on the black seed oil until then. But you know I am going to I do plan on still uh, uh, donating uh, my plasma. Uh, I'll keep you guys abreast of how it goes. You know um, if I can save one person, black, blue, green, whatever. You know I, that's what I'm going to do. You know so. All right, all right. So uh, T West, any last comments? Uh, I tell you what. With your last comments, why don't you tell people about your channel and what you deal with? Because you deal with some phenomenal, mind-blowing, eye-opening, interesting. Is it a conspiracy theory? Is it the truth? You know, it's one of those types of channels, man, and I love it. Um, So tell people where they can find you, what you bring to the table. Go. Well, okay. Well, T-West, Afro Synergy News. You can find uh, me out on... Uh, Facebook. You can find me out there on YouTube and on Twitter. And what we deal with is with is truth in media, not conspiracy, but the truth. That's what we deal with. And when you have the truth, that means that you should be able to produce multiple sources to support what you are presenting. So that's what we do on the Afro Synergy News Channel. We cover it, whether it's domestic politics, social issues, or international. 
we deal with the geopolitics as well around the world. Uh, next, uh, early, later this month, I'll be on a panel and we will be dealing with things that pertain to Africa. Okay, so we deal with all of that, all of it. And uh, that's what we have to do because we as black people, no matter where we are in the world, we're in this together, whether we know it or not, whether we like it or not. And, um, and there are African solutions to some of these things. What Madagascar is doing and what they produce there, that's a good thing. When you look at the number of people who have died in Madagascar from coronavirus, one person mm. died there. One, what? Wow. One person. Wow. Right. Only one. And uh, they have what they call, some of them are calling it a cure, others are saying it's a treatment, and it's all natural. Well, that's a good thing. That means you're not putting any kind of harmful, harmful chemicals into your bodies uh, with a syringe and needle uh, uh, and all. So, so that's a good thing. And that's something that, you know, dark-skinned people like us came up with. And the World Health Organization, they have a problem with it because, you know, hey, like, uh, where's the money at in this? We can't make no money. Uh, CDC, you know, they make money off of all of this. They make a huge amount of money. The three most profitable industries in the world. The yeah. three most. Banking, finance, uh-huh, oil and gas, and... Healthcare. What is it? Healthcare. Or oh, pharmaceutical, pharmacy, medicines, you know, non-natural medicines, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Big that's right. Yeah, left, left Microsoft board because he can make a hell of a lot more money with these vaccines and the pharmaceutical, this dope stuff. Yeah, than he can with software. And, and so, he still hasn't been able to cure the virus on my laptop, but he's getting sure he thinks he can cure me of a deadly virus. Get the virus off my laptop, Bill Gates. Please. Uh, Beautiful, <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, hey, look, I want to wrap up. You've been listening to the Fly Guy Show. The Fly Guy Show. You've been watching the Fly Guy Show. It's a series of melanated conversations focused on improving our situation. Today, we were really honored to have this guy at the very end, the uh, Honorable T. West from Afro Synergy News. I tell you, when you listen to his stuff, the first time you're gonna be like, oh, this dude's out of his mind. The second time you're like, wow, he has some facts behind him. And after that, you're gonna be a fan. So check out his information. Yeah. And Jay and I, uh, hey, we've been doing shows for a while and we're gonna continue doing shows. We wanna help as many people as possible, particularly since you're a COVID survivor. We wanna make sure we have more COVID survivors. So yeah. and, and any I, last word? I also want to get some more medical professionals to discuss some of the things that, you know, just to come from a medical standpoint uh, to back up the, the facts that were expressed on, on this show. I think that's just an important uh, uh, avenue to, you know, to, to take uh, with when you're dealing with something that's this serious. And also, okay. I, yeah. Okay. And, <laughs> and with that, hey, we're going to end. We went over our hour, hopefully, Everyone who watched, they found some value in this. And check us out on Facebook under Forward Ever. Forward Ever is our Facebook page. Uh, it's, we're not the only ones who contribute to Forward Ever. So you're going to get a plethora of great information that will help you move forward. And on YouTube, Our Black Improvement. We're focused not just on blacks, but we're targeted 
for people of African descent, using that term black, we're not stupid. We're not talking about a crayon color. You know, we don't think we come from a city, a country, a town called black. All that stupidity, we, we're not down with that. So check us out, uh, Forward Ever on Facebook, YouTube, Our Black Improvement. We want to thank Brother T. West for tapping in again. You guys have a great night. Be healthy. Stay away from mucus producing foods. Eat healthy, go to the gym, be a gym rat like what's her name? Regina Brown? Regina. She yeah, says Regina she's a gym Brown. rat. Regina ain't playing. Go, go take a walk, <laughs> Go take a walk. Peace. Alright, peace. Stay fly, 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 stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. Stay conscious. Stay fly.